global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining right now. Let's head over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. Stocks are under pressure today, with the Dow currently lower by 120 points, S&P's dropped 7, and NASDAQ lower by 2.5. This morning, the Dallas Fed manufacturing was a big miss, and a U.K. online poll on the EU showed 47% leave, 44% remain. The small cap 600 is down a point, and the U.S. 10-yield fell to 1.83% after hitting 1.89%. And crude futures faded from the $50 level. Eight out of ten SB sectors are lower, led by losses in staples, energy, and the materials. Only telecom and utilities gained. Dow Transports rise three points. Nasdaq Biotech's climb 27. And the VIX is higher by 13%. Dow leaders to the downside include Boeing, DuPont, and Nike. Small gains for Verizon and Caterpillar. Amazon traded to a new all-time intraday high, hitting $724 a share. Apple traded back below the $100 level. And Great Plains Energy fell 6% after its deal for Star. After the bell tonight, look for earnings from Workday. Live from the first of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And we are brought to you by Brown University, where the new executive master in cybersecurity prepares leaders in law, technology, and business to face tomorrow's greatest threats. The Brown University executive master in cybersecurity strategy is the best security. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal, I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Monsanto may have initially rejected Bayer's $62 billion takeover bid. Uh, Bloomberg First Word reporting that Street Insider says they are ready to raise their bid to a dollar thirty. Uh, Five or excuse me, a hundred dollar thirty five, one hundred thirty five a share. Excuse me, got my decimal point in the wrong place. That's where the focus has been a lot on on when it comes to Wall Street and analysts. But our next guest is looking at a very important part of this, and that's the rigorous review by antitrust regulators that buyer will face in multiple jurisdictions around the world. What does this mean for the deal? Jennifer Re- Jennifer Re is here. She's senior litigation analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and she's joining us in our New York studio. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. So, again, let's put all that price stuff, because mm-hmm. if they really want to do this, they're going to come to a price, right? Mm-hmm. But the question is, that's just one step. Then you have to get past the regulators. What's the biggest issue on that, those regulators' minds? You know, I think the biggest issue is that we're looking at a lot of concentration in what you might want to call, you know, agricultural or ag chemical areas. So, you know, three different deals that are ongoing at the same time that are all global in nature that deal with various crop protection chemicals and with seeds. And there's a lot of nervousness about the way the regulators are going to view these deals, given what they've done with Halliburton and Baker Hughes and a few other deals in the past, um, and, and whether this might be deemed too much concentration. Now, here's a quote, and I'd like your thoughts, and maybe you can figure out exactly what this would mean for people that are involved in the legal issues Mm -hmm. of this potential combination. This is coming from Robert Lawrence. He is a Johns Hopkins School of Medicine professor. He's also the founding director of the Center for a Livable Future. He says, the fact is we went from having probably 30 to 40 varieties of soybeans to now having 
one variety, making up nearly all of U.S. soybean production. So uh, set aside the business aspect and what this means for farmers, but just in terms of having to only rely on one variety. Well, you know, the fact that that might have happened, you know, you know you, we have to understand why that happened and how that came about. If that happened due to increased concentration and less competition, it's one thing. But the antitrust laws will focus on increased competition. Uh, competition, uh, a decrease in competition, less innovation and less choice from mergers. So they'll look at the effect of these deals and whether these deals may continue to contribute to that. They may not look at, you know, they'll look at the way things stand today, but they'll look at will it for, will they further contribute? And if in fact it will, is there something can, that can be done? Are there concessions or divestitures or let's say changes to licenses that can be agreed to in order to allow these deals to go forward and per- perhaps fix that? That problem going forward. So, is it? Give us just a, a, a sense of do the, are the issues pretty much the same among antitrust regulators around the world? If you go from the U.S. to Germany to gosh, you know, Japan, <laughs> is it different? It is different. You know, there are many, many similarities, but there are also differences. And to start with, in this industry, what we've seen so far historically is that these regulators will look at the effect on, on in this area, country by country, and not necessarily globally. So, for instance, if the European regulators are looking at how it fa- affects competition, European Union-wide or country by country within Europe, that's going to be different than the way the U.S. regulators may look at it, who are focusing on how does it affect the United States uh, and China, which might be asking, how does this affect China? There are times when the regulators will say, this is a global market. How does it affect the world globally? But in this area, at least in the past, historically, they have looked at these areas when they've assessed past deals country by country. Well, just to just to sort of underscore mm-hmm. your point about this consolidation, we're talking about Dow Chemical and DuPont, mm-hmm. right, combining, mm-hmm. then Syngenta, and then you've got the Chinese state-owned company, Chem China. Chem China, right. So a real concentration in this particular industry group. Right. But again, the regulators, the first thing they ask is where do these companies compete in terms of products and services, and where do they compete geographically? And that's the starting point. And you have to ask that. And when you ask that and you start to look at these deals, you realize, okay, well, ChemChina and Syngenta don't necessarily overlap in every country in the U.S. and for every product. They don't necessarily compete everywhere. And the same thing could be true, let's say, for seeds. You know, you have buyer that isn't so big in seeds and bigger in crop protection and and, and more complementary, perhaps, to Monsanto. And and you've got to kind of dig into that nitty-gritty to understand where the competition issues are going to lie. I would imagine they're also going to have to learn about the diseases that might affect, <laughs> no, seriously, that might they affect do. some of these yeah. crops because if you're only dependent yeah. on one variety, uh, then it doesn't matter what it did to business, it'll devastate the agricultural community. Absolutely. You know, they dig in hard, these regulators. That's why these things take okay. a year. They look at everything. Yes or no, does this go through this deal? Do they make it pass? Just I think yes, with the, with some concessions. I want to thank you very much for coming in and spending time with us. Jennifer Rees, Senior Litigation Analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Shares of Monsanto, they are up about 2.5% right now. And shares of Bayer, down about 1%. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch's global cash management solutions, helping you manage, protect, and invest your global cash wherever the road to growth leads. That's the power of global connections. Bank of America, North America, member FDIC.